Welcome to Breaking Bread with Lavelle Voyage. I am your host and sommelier, Corey. Thank you for joining me for a great episode. We have a lot in store for you. Uh, and tonight, before we get things rolling, um, like I said in my past episodes, we are now in the middle of February and we are celebrating big time Black History Month. And tonight, um, instead of highlighting just a winery, I'm going to actually be highlighting some black wine ambassadors that I've been following uh, closely on social media on the Instagram platform. And you got to check these people out. They do such great work. They have a lot of great information. And this is just one that you could definitely pass along to your friends, to your colleagues, to your family. Um, If you're looking for great ambassadors to the industry, they do it so well. I'm just going to give a shout out to the African American Vintners. Um, They have a lot of information on their page as well as Wine Noir, uh, the Millennial Psalm. Uh, the Black Girls Wine. They also do Black Girls Wine Society, I believe, and Cuvée Concierge. These are just some of the great Black Wine ambassadors that are out there that you can follow on your Instagram page. And once you get connected with them, you can follow others. And uh, again, it is eye-opening. It is mind-blowing. A lot of the information, a lot of them are hosting virtual tasting parties um, as like the Black Girls Wine. They do such a great job. So fun. Um, So if you get a chance, you got to check out these ambassadors, um, especially celebrating Black History Month. This is a great to do. Um, So hopefully I pass along some information. I'll be passing along more um, throughout the month of February. And also tonight, we are going to be talking about two of my favorite varietals, which is Grenache or Grenache and Pinot Noir. Um, I know I've mentioned Pinot several times, but these two are, I call them the Audrey's in the wine industry as far as varietals. They're so pretty and they have so many different variations. I'm going to talk about that. And also I'm going to talk give you one of my my classic wine stories so hopefully you can buckle up sit back and enjoy the ride and let's begin the next episode of breaking bread so tonight as promised i'm going to be talking about two of my favorite wine varietals uh out there which are grenache or grenache uh, from Spain, Grenache is what we know in France. Um, beautiful, a beautiful grape, beautiful wines, and also Pinot Noir. Um, they're just absolutely delicious wines. And these are wines that I know we just got done celebrating Valentine's Day, but these are wines that you could pretty much drink all year round. They're just very approachable. Um, and just so dynamic uh, to any meal. They enhance any meal that you have um, or even appetizer. They're just great. So let's roll into it. I'm going to first start talking about Grenache or Grenache. Grenache um, is one of the main grapes that is found in southern France um, in the Rhone area. It's one of the, what you call the, 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 
dominant three of the Rhone, the Southern Rhone area of France, which is Grenache, Syrah, and Mavidre, um, also known as a GSM. And some of my favorite varietals, hands down, I mean, I love all varietals, but these just speak a lot of, they have a lot of personality. And um, with Grenache, there's so many different interpretations, whether you're having it from Spain, uh, from Rio Brasas, or in France, in the Rhone, southern area of France, the Rhone area, and just absolutely dynamic. And they're just full of this, if you look at it in the glass, it's red. It almost reminds me of a Jolly Rancher. When I look at Grenache or Grenache, um, and usually with Grenache from Spain, it seems a little bit more what I call baked. It gives you a little bit of that, of that baked character, like that baked cherry pie almost type of flavor or aromas that you get out of that. Um, but a lot of deep, rich red fruits and so dynamic as far as pairing. Um, if you're talking about a red wine to pair with a lot of leaner white meats, including fish and chicken and pork, this is just one of those wines that just lays it all down and just enhances that meal so much. It takes it from DEFCON 5 to DEFCON 10. It is that impressive. Um and so I love both interpretations, um, and that's the thing. With a lot of these varietals now, you're getting the the interpretation from the old world, which has a lot of root, a lot of earth, um, a lot of organic-style flavors and aromas. And then you go to the new world, especially in the States and California. California is laying it down also in areas like Paso Robles. Paso Robles is the dark horse. I, I still think they're the dark horse of the California wine industry. Uh, we all know Napa and Sonoma, and everybody's starting to know Santa Barbara. We we you know we know all the 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 AVAs and regions in between, you know. And but Paso is making their mark, and they're doing it so well, and they have the terroir and also the environment of what France and Spain has their particular terroir, which if you don't know what terroir is, it's everything. It's from the wind to the, where it's actually grown. If it's grown on the hillside or flatlands um, and the style of soil. So it's everything conjoined and that's what they call terroir. And it's, you know, I love saying it because it, it it gives me something that I actually could say if I, you know, <laughs> sometimes I butcher a lot of pronunciations, but I feel like, hey, this is terroir, and it's absolutely awesome to say. Um, but when you talk about it, this is what gives you the romance of the winemaking uh, part of the whole process of of what wine is and what wine goes through. Um, and so when you have these different areas um, showcasing this particular varietal, it just does so much dynamic to the grape. And that's what makes 
wine so outstanding when i talk to consumers and wine drinkers you know wine lovers i talk to them about drinking it all and enjoying all interpretations um because that's what makes wine drinking amazing you could travel to south africa and then head on over to california then you could head over to australia then you could go to france or chile and it's just one of those things that you just like it, there's so much of it, it's it's hard not to just say, I got to restrict myself to this particular area, this region, or this style of grape. There's so much that you can explore and enjoy. Um, and even just if you want to take your dish up to the next level, that's what these wines do. And that's one reason why I love these two varietals of Granacha and Pinot Noir. They just do such amazing enhancement to your your dish and um and so yeah if if you have any questions or any other um specifics that you want to know about these two go ahead and and drop me a question um leave me a comment and i'll be more than happy to answer it for you but these are just dynamic um and these are these are some of the wines that i drink on on more of an occasion um they're there, uh, as, as far as even with my, my own personal side with my wife, my wife doesn't law, doesn't uh, appreciate or, uh, know how to approach the, the bigger, uh, more tannic style wines. And these, even though they have a percentage of tannins, they're kind of laid back on that side. Um, and they give you a lot of the, the earth and the fruit approach, they're definitely more approachable. So if you're getting into wine drinking and you want to find certain grapes, certain varietals to drink and learn how to move up, um, these are these are two of some of the best I could recommend as far as getting to know single varietals and drinking and appreciation and having to know how to be versatile with these wines. Um, so go ahead and try this out. And like I said, if you have any questions, go ahead and shoot me a comment or question. Also with Pinot Noir, again, you know, with Grenache or Grenache and Pinot Noir, they're both pretty similar as far as how they're interpreted. You know, you have Burgundy, Burgonian style, uh, Pinot Noir and, it's soft, it's lush, it's romantic, it's delicate. It has a lot of these also red fruits. If you look at it through a glass, it's very transparent. You know, I usually say there's there's a couple, couple of words how I describe wines. And one is transparent or translucent where you could actually see through the wine. It's very light lighter in color and then you have more of what we call the opaque the dark the almost the eclipse of wines where you can't see your hand in uh, at the bottom of the glass because they're so dark um and so these two like again um when i talk about varietals very approachable very fun to drink um and pinot noir like i said they have if you if you travel to burgundy and taste burgonian style pinot noirs it's like i said it's softer um and i could just sit out on my patio all day and drink a nice burgundy and then you head on over to 
California or Santa Barbara. Now, Santa Barbara has some of the prettiest Pinots um, because of the climate. Um, and you get a little bit of this coastal climate and you get this cool air and you get this, this hillside, you know, and you get this, this definitely, uh, this enriched type of, of wine that comes out of there. And it's, it's kind of what I call more of a Goldilocks. It doesn't, it's not too light. It's not too dark. It's just right. Um, and so that's another one of my interpretations when I talk to wine drinkers about wines, I ask them if they want a Goldilocks or, you know, if you want something a little bit more one, you know, as far as structure and, um, and Santa Barbara is producing some really pretty, uh, Pinot Noirs, Goldilocks Pinot Noirs, and they're so balanced. They have, you know, so much personality to them, a lot of diversity with a lot of different style of dishes. Um, and, and I always tell the, the, the drinkers too, or the consumer that I'm talking about this wine to even about the regional style of food in that area. So Santa Barbara, it's really beachy. You have a lot of lighter foods, you know, uh, seafoods, things like that. This is just dynamic with those type of dishes. So if you're looking for a great Pinot that it has a nice balance, Santa Barbara is another dark horse that we hardly ever talk about. Um, and then also you got your, uh, one of my, my personal favorite in the California region is Monterey. Monterey is, they just do the, they, they, they have the interpretation of what Burgundy and Oregon does. And they have their Santa Lucia Highlands, which is up high in the mountains. And I got to visit um, some, some vines, some vineyards in this particular area. And just an amazing, amazing area to produce this type. And they're great for the two dominant uh, varietals in Burgundy, which is Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Um, so if you're looking for a substitute, if you can't find your organ Pinot Noir or your, your Burgundian style Pinot Noir, you can definitely head over to Monterey and man, they are just, they, 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 they kind of get pushed a little bit. I kind of feel like Monterey kind of gets overlooked because Santa Barbara is making their niche. And then you have, of course, the, the other side, which is the Sonoma area. Then you have your, your Napa Valley, um, production of this particular varietal and when you start getting into those areas it becomes definitely richer darker more vibrant more intense more like the character that you're getting in any particular varietal from these particular regions that is just the characteristic and it's cool because if you want something a little bit heartier and you want that pinot noir to go with that dish and you want something a little bit more meaty you could definitely head over to these per particular regions um, like Russian River and Carneros um, that just 
do this really heavy and rich Pinot Noir if that's what you dig. And again, you know, I cannot stress it or say it enough about having some versatility when you drink wine and having all these interpretations. Have your backup, you know. Uh, don't restrict yourself, have fun with it because this is going to give you a lot more play when you're drinking these wines. And then you're going to get so much more of an appreciation um, of these as you start to go along and, and explore a lot of these other varietals. And that's what these two particular varietals that I'm talking about with you today give you they give you so much variation and i love you know just traveling so i'm gonna tell you one of my favorite wine stories and this is when i first was getting into wine and i got involved in uh, becoming a wine member for my first winery. And I actually became a member of the Firestone Winery in the San Inez Valley. And it's the first, uh, the first winery you come to when you get off the freeway, the five freeway, I believe it's the five freeway. Yeah. Five freeway. And you start heading in into the valley. It's the first winery you come to, uh, you turn off the road and you just head into this beautiful winery and one of my good friends introduced me and i didn't put two and two together but originally it was owned by the original uh family that owned the firestone tire company and it kind of progressed through from the father down to the sons and and now fully owns it um there's another uh gentleman that now owns uh, a few wineries in the San Inez Valley, including Firestone, and absolutely delicious wines. And the wine that really got got to me when I first, uh, you know, became a member with Firestone was their Riesling. And again, a lot of times you think of Riesling being really overly sweet. Um, and this Riesling is just absolutely beautiful. Um, if I were to give you just this kind of description in the best way I could, it is just romantic, crisp, ascetic, and just absolutely divine on your tongue and not overly sweet. It was just this had this really nice medium body to it and it just made you come back for more that's what a good traditional lush riesling does it makes you want to come back for more and um and i i was hooked and i as 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 soon as i tasted that first bottle from firestone i became a member and one of my favorite memories was um I lived in the LA area at the time. And so I would take, you know, annual trips to go up and pick up my, my wine. And, um, as I told you and mentioned to you in the private, uh, prior episodes that my mom 
was a heavy white Ziffendale drinker. And as soon as she learned that I was a member and I was traveling up there sometimes by myself, she decided, hey, I want to jump along and, you know, we could make a day out of it and, and go. And sure enough, we did. And, you know, when you become a member at the Firestone, and I don't know if they still do this. This was a few years ago, but they had a mem- like almost like a members only area to to taste and they gave you they they set you up with the nines all the you know the uh, palate cleansers the crackers cheeses like cheeses orders and things like that and then they bring you out your special flight as a member and that's when my mom started really to progress it with her palate and again she was a total white zin drinker and sure enough as soon as we started you know going on these these adventures these visits to the winery she started drinking all the 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 other varietals she started digging all the other stuff and you know she started she really appreciates the the pinot noirs and and the merlots and you know it's firestone produces a really nice merlot too and she just started digging it and again i always kind of bring it back there's so many stories that connect with a lot of things that i talk about and it's really i i think a lot of message that i try to portray to the wine drinker the wine lover out there is have an open mind explore really enjoy it because there's so much don't limit yourself you know, as my mom thought she would only be able to handle these type of lighter wines like White Ziffendales. And then all of a sudden she's starting to really enjoy, uh, you know, other these bigger, stronger varietals. And that's just part of, of growth and experiencing it and find out what you enjoy, what you dig. And it's funny because one of our favorite to-dos uh, you know, throughout, you know, years past is we love, I don't know if there's one in your areas, but there's a Mimi's cafe. Mimi's, my mom and I would love to meet up at Mimi's and Mimi's, uh, is basically a, uh, French style restaurant and they have a lot of French themes. They have a lot of great wine flights too especially for their brunches and things like that um and so we'd go to Mimi's and she would go oh you know Corey why don't you order for me or hey you know why you know she would look at the menu and she'd go so what do you think between these two and I would give her a recommendation and she would just lay it all down and she would she would drink it and she would enjoy it and sure enough she would the glass would be empty and she'd go oh should I get another one? Oh, I'll sit and have another one. I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation or I'm enjoying our time together. And that's down. My, my mom just digs all these, these great wines and, and these fun wines and these stronger wines. And, and, and that's the thing is, you know, hopefully if you're listening to this and you're at that point where you're going, you know, can I go to that next level? Can I really get an appreciation? Don't be afraid. You know, just relax and have a good time with this wine. You know, enjoy it, experience it. 
Um, and the best thing I can recommend is anytime, if you try something even that is too dry, too tannic for you, definitely grab some food. Try it. If, you, if it's harsh by the glass by itself, try it with food. And then experiment it with it and just kind of, you know, dabble with a few dishes. And the one thing that you can look at is if it's really heavy, really dark, if it's a Cabernet or a Merlot, the one thing that it is definitely looking for is the heavier it fats. It's not necessarily looking for steak. I never say a wine is made for steak. It's always made for your dish. So the heavier wine, the heavier dish should be. The heavier your proteins or your fat should be. And, uh, you know, if you, if you dig uh, Zin, Ziffendale, uh, I love Zin, a hearty Zin. One of my favorite things to do with Ziffendale is have guacamole and tortilla chips. Um, that's just a great pairing and positive fat guacamole avocado it just grabs onto everything um even certain cheeses if you love heavier cheeses um if you dig those and you're like putting together a charcuterie board together and you're looking for hey i'm gonna do this heavy wine tonight but i'm gonna i want to do some you know more you know appetizers head on over to those heavier cheeses those things will definitely grab it and it's it's like anything peanut butter and jelly you know milk and cookies you have all these these things that help cut through the dryness um it's even like adding milk to your coffee um and so um again if if you have any questions about anything that i talked about tonight um the two varietals the uh, the wine ambassadors that I highlighted at the beginning of this program, you definitely got to check them out. I'll go ahead and repeat. Um, you can find them on Instagram. They're the African American Vintners, uh, Wine Noir, uh, the Millennial Psalm, uh, the Black Girls Wine, uh, and the Cuvier Concierge. A lot of great ambassadors out there doing their thing. You got to check them out on their Instagram page, and and I know they have a lot of other. Uh, connections to their sites um, on YouTube and Facebook and so forth. So check them out. Um, and also, if you have any questions about any of the varietals that I talked about tonight, um, the Grenache, the Syrah, uh, the, the Grenache and the Pinot Noir, and um, hopefully enjoy. Hopefully, Doug, what you know, what I laid out for you today in this episode. Um, don't forget to hit that. Uh, subscribe button and please if you if you want to don't be afraid go ahead and shoot me a comment or a question I love to hear from you so until next time everybody please stay safe stay healthy to all those people in Texas out there Um, we you know we're experiencing some really uh, cruel and and harsh weather Um, and I am praying that you all are are safe and well and we can get through this uh this this tough winter that we've been having um even in our area we've had some unexpected and some heavier um snow than that was projected but please stay safe and uh until next time cheers